When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hey Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advance Media and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles, Ahem. except the uh, week 16 loss to the Dallas Cowboys because frankly, it just proved what we already knew that this Eagles team is not that good and the playoffs were inevitably out of reach. Anyway, back to our our shameless plugs. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss Doug Peterson's future, Jalen Hurts versus Carson Wentz, and what we need to look for in week 17 as the Eagles prepare to make some franchise altering decisions. Chris, how are you? I don't know how the heck to go ahead and follow up that intro up before the shameless plugs you meant, but I'm doing all right. You know, had a <laughs> finally digested what happened and yesterday and now we get to look toward the future now and kind of exciting. How about yourself? Well, you know, we're turning to the off-season mode where I think both you and I very much enjoy covering that. Uh, Look, there's one game left. I don't really understand why the NFL felt the need to make it a night game. Uh, I I get it. You know, the NFC East is on the line for Washington, but if they lose, this is a real stinker of a game to close out the regular season. Um, Well, it's 2020, so, eh. Makes sense. Yeah, yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, but now we're in 2021. We're we're about to be in 2021, (laughs) man. Oh, thank (laughs) the Lord. Um, Anyway, look, as I brought it up earlier, well, in that intro, we're not going to talk about the Dallas game. I I think, look, Jalen Hurts, let's summarize. Jalen Hurts didn't look that good. He looked like a second round rookie. He looked like a guy who should have been available in the second round. He made some rookie mistakes. He did not play well. Uh, I think it's ridiculous that some people are trying to compare his failures to the failures of a fifth-year quarterback, but that's where we are right now with Eagles Twitter. Um, the defense was horrific. Michael Jaquette, uh was beat like a drum in coverage. Uh, look, the, the offensive line had a lot of struggles. Matt Pryor had four, four, one, two, three, four, ah, 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 penalties. <laughs> like... Like, really, like, four penalties, bro. Like, four. Three false starts and a holding penalty. 
unreal. That guy is not only a liability in pass blocking, he's a liability in taking short steps. I don't really get it. But anyway, Chris, give me a summer, a, a summation of, of what you took away from the Cowboys game. Because look, we're past this point. It just confirmed what we know. This Eagles team is not very good. But what did you take away? I took away that this team really needs a lot of secondary help and not just uh, with the reserves. Even if those guys were the quote-unquote reserves, I'm feeling really scared if there's another injury rash next season, so I'm taking that away. And I thought that this uh, offensive line finally uh, buckled under, under everything that happened. And the receipt, and Jalen Hurts, uh, he, he start, the teams are starting to figure, figure him out a little bit. Uh, they contained him a little bit in the second half, and I think that's something that the uh, he has to look at and, and the Eagles have to look at if he – will be the uh, long-term starter from here going forward, how he comes out at halftime and makes it, and deals with adjustments that the opposing team makes. So those are the biggest things I've um, taken away. But it, it, this that defense, that secondary, I know they had a lot of injuries. I mean, minus Slay and Jalen Mills, I, I, it, that was just rough to watch. It was horrible to watch against those three. I know Dallas has three wide receivers, but that, that was just rough. So are you saying that they're – primary focus should be on the secondary so their secondary should come be pr- a primary focus i would probably say i would go like the, the year they go ahead and they drafted alito shepherd sheldon brown and michael lewis i personally I, reserve I, believe right now, two, I believe that was 2002 two yeah in 2002 i'm probably i'm still going to probably look a wide receiver with that first pick because i think there's just some talents you just can't get there that that, that, that like some really truly genuine talents that you can go ahead and help this offense for years to come but I'm looking at possibly my second maybe third maybe a fifth pick looking directly at depending who's on the board looking at the secondary because it's oof is looking bad <laughs> yeah rough beat rough beat is all I'll say um uh you know I, I just think that <laughs> Man, uh, <laughs> well, I'll well, ask you this I, real quick. Real, yeah, real quick, I'll it. ask you this: If you right now you, you you're sitting in Howie Roseman was replaced, and you know what, Michael K, you're the new general manager of the Philadelphia Eagles. What direction are you taking in this draft? I mean, what what areas of need do you feel like these teams should look at? Well, I, I think early on you're looking at corner and wide receiver. I think. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that want to build out the offensive line, but I, I really just don't think they're there yet. They've got a lot of money due to Lane Johnson, Brandon Brooks, Jason Kelsey. Even if he retires, they could replace him with Isaac Samalu. Uh, they like Jack Driscoll, who can play left guard, uh, Jordan Melata, and Andre Diller are on the books. I just don't see them really investing heavily in the offensive line that early, even based on their philosophies. Defensive end, depending on what you do with Derek Barnett, um, who's probably going to finish the season with five and a half sacks, uh, which isn't ideal. Um, and he's just constantly dealing with injury. Uh, maybe you look into pass rusher, but I think if Jamar Chase is there, you got to take him. Not Devonta um, Smith. Not Devonta yeah, Devon- Smith. Well, no, Devonta Smith would be my second choice. Oh. But um, and then a corner, Patrick Sertan. Uh, I just think that guy's a baller. You've got Caleb Farley. The problem is, is I think it's harder to find cornerback talent than it is to find wide receiver talent. And I know that's not, I mean, I know that sounds ridiculous talking about this team, but part of me is like, do you spend the top 10 pick on a corner? I don't think they will. I think they'd go wide receiver over corner. 
But man, I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know. I also think it depends on who's the head coach. I think we'll get into that in a second. But um, yeah, I'm probably going wide receiver corner. Uh, I mean, this team needs a lot. Yeah, they need a lot. I do not think that they will draft a linebacker, no matter who's in the front office with the top ten pick. I just don't think that that's how Jeffrey Lurie thinks. I don't think he will sign off on that. I don't think that's uh, for him. Um, I don't. You know, there's no say. I mean, this this top ten is anchored by quarterbacks, wide receivers, and corners, pretty much. And so, and then you've got part. You've got a linebacker here and a defensive end there. I, I just think. If they're very rarely in this situation, and if you are, you've got to take a premium playmaker on offense. It's just how Jeffrey Lurie's mind works. So I, I would say Jamar Chase or Devonta Smith. Um, but yeah, let's get into the head coach because Doug Peterson spoke to us today, and he seemed rather confident. Um, I couldn't tell if that confidence was campaigning and trying to just put out his success out there as my kid runs through the hallway. Um, <laughs> or if it was maybe an assurance, I, I don't know who he would have gotten assurance from, but it would make sense, you know, now that the playoffs are out of the picture, if he was staying or not, um, that's, there's a lot of logic to that uh, because really this week means nothing. But uh, what did you take away from his press conference? I know you had to leave a, a little bit, in, uh, you know, a little bit before it ended. But wh- what did you take away from his demeanor, his confidence, what he had to say? He, he looked like he he actually kind of sounded generally excited for the offseason begin. I mean, he the fact that I thought it was interesting that he apologized to the fans. I thought, hey, I think that I think that definitely means I, I, there's like little nuances. I saw little insecurity. Saw like he, his demeanor, the way he was talking, everything. I think he, I think he's coming back. I think the way he, he's looking toward. He's excited about the off season. I think he's looking toward what things he can fix. I think he already knows some of the things he wants to go ahead and fix anyway. But just I think if it was a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge, or if it was a read between the lines, what I'm saying, or the type of conversations that he and the front office have had about his situation. I just think that he's going to be able to do. I think it's tough to find coaches who have been successful for an extended period of time. Like he's had, it's tough to find them. And I think Laurie was burned beforehand with the whole chip Kelly thing and not knowing who you got coming in. So I think, I think he's, I think he's on his way back and, he's going to be excited. I mean, what do you think? You think I'll ask you this since you're, since I'm still going to keep you in that general manager's chair, are you bringing him back next season? If I'm not bringing back Carson Wentz, yes. And why is that? I just don't see how the two guys can, can fix this. They've tried to fix it mid season. They've worked together for five years. It just kind of seems like this is a project where, you have two competing minds and two competing abilities and two competing preferences. And it just doesn't seem like that makes a lot of sense for success. Um, yeah, I, I just don't look. I, I think when you look at Carson and the double investment, this team's made in him trading up to that number two overall pick, giving him that extension you're looking at a guy that this team has really bought into. And I know they drafted Jalen Hurts, but really they've bought into Carson Wentz and he's kind of hard to get rid of. 
Um, or he's not hard to get rid of, but internally for you to give up on him, you're not only giving up on a guy who you've bought into, but you're also taking on a massive cap debt for him not not be there. And that's a two-pronged look that I just don't see Lurie and Roseman really feeling confident in. Um, now, that said, if I'm the general manager, obviously I can make the decisions for myself but I just like I don't know if Doug Peterson and Carson Wentz are really a thing. And Car- Doug Peterson was asked today who his quarterback of the future would be, and he said that they weren't there yet. And I actually think that was very smart of Peterson for him to not kind of put that out there, right? So, I mean, you've got this guy in Carson Wentz who – I think is redeemable, but I don't think he's redeemable by the guy who would be, you know, shepherding him moving forward because it's very clear there's a disconnect there. Um, Are you willing to take the hit and, you know, get rid of this guy and quit on this guy after you've invested in him twice in five years? Or are you going to go with Doug Peterson, the guy who, you know, led you to a Super Bowl? Yes. But the teams regressed exponentially over the last three years. So it's like, you've got to kind of figure out, you've got to do this mental gymnastics. It's a QB competition in the brains of the Eagles brass to kind of figure out a, Lori's got to ask himself a couple of questions. A, can Doug Peterson fix Carson Wentz. If he says yes to that answer, you're keeping both. If he says no, then you have to make a decision. Do you keep Carson Wentz or do you keep the guy who led you to your first Super Bowl? And from my perspective, if you're saying that he can't fix Carson and maybe you don't feel good about him fixing the other guy you just drafted, then maybe it's time to move on from Doug Peterson. Now, I personally think that Doug has become a very stale play caller. I don't know if that's due to talent. I don't know if that's due to his quarterback's ability to read a defense, what have you. But it just kind of seems like the league has figured him out. Where are you on on Doug Peterson? I, I know that was kind of like a jumbled rant. Yeah, no, you're good. You're good. That was actually it was good. It was well thought out. My thing is going to be when it comes to Peterson. I think he just. I think they need another offensive line. I know they brought a I know they brought in Scangarella. I know they brought in all these uh Morning Wig and I know they brought all these guys in here to go ahead and do that. I think they just need a true offensive coach and I'm all for bringing him back if and I think he will be back. I think it'll be great though if they go ahead and got somebody with a different mind. I know Doug runs this West Coast or East Coast offense and he has his philosophies and they've incorporated some stuff. The one thing, you know what? The one thing I really want him to see and the other offensive coaches to do, go back to ones that do come back, I want them to go out and start scouting all the other stuff that happens in college. I want them to see, start seeing the breakdowns, all the different trends and everything else. Because I think I wouldn't mind seeing the Eagles go ahead and incorporate some of these, like, these air raid offenses, stuff like that. Because you look around the league, look at the top offenses. You look at the Kansas cities. I mean, his mentor has incorporated parts of the air raid offense inside of there. 
And they have these guns. They have these wide receivers who have come from colleges that run similar versions of this. You have a quarterback, if you go with Hurts, who can go ahead and run it because he was a part of that in in, in University of Oklahoma. And Wentz is, has the capability. He's smart enough to go ahead and know how to run that system. So if you go with Wentz, you can do that. I want to see this offense open up. The creativity wasn't there this year, which was very disappointing to see, given that the the – how heralded Peterson was not only for his ability to take chances, but just the offense itself. So that's the one thing I want to do. I want the off. I want him to go ahead. I want him to study uh, to see what's going on around Moreland College, and and I want him to go and and do that. I think he has the capability to do so. I, he's a great motivator. The guys have been playing hard from even a, with a four win team. They were playing hard from even with the position of being winning the division. They were playing their butts off for him. They he's revered in that locker room. And they're willing to do anything for it, and I think he's the he's the option that needs to be forward, and not going through another coaching carousel because they're already behind the eight ball when it comes to some of these other teams that have gotten interviews. So, I, I just wholeheartedly believe Peterson's the guy, and I think he possibly could coexist with Wentz if the organization decides to go in that direction. Look, I, I think I think both Peterson and Wentz are redeemable separately. I just I've seen enough. Like I've seen enough of the, them as a tandem, if that makes sense. Like I, I don't. If I'm the the owner who is obsessed with making enhancements to the offense, one part of this offense is clearly broken. And you know what? To Wentz's credit, the team has struggled on offense without him as well. So that's showing you that the offensive play calling isn't terrific. Um, it's also showing you that the talent is not terrific. So maybe Wentz isn't the problem. Maybe it is Doug Peterson. Maybe it is Howie Roseman's roster building. That said, it is easier to look at this objectively and say, look, trading a guy who's going to give you a $34 million dead money hit not to be there for his least valuable value, like at his lowest value makes no sense. We've seen what Carson Wentz can do. Maybe it means he just needs another guru. Franchise quarterbacks are harder to find than head coaches. That is a fact. You're seeing a guy like Kevin Stefanski will the Browns to the playoffs or to 10 wins. Like it, you can have success with coaches and look, it's hard to find a Super Bowl winning head coach, but what like everybody talks about 2017 potentially being this blip on the radar for Carson Wentz. Maybe 2017 was a blip on the radar for Doug Peterson. You know what I mean? Uh, our buddy from the athletic Zach Berman brought that up in a recent article. And I thought that was a really valid point. This is a, this is a team that overachieved in 2017. I've said that several times on this podcast. They were not the greatest of talented teams. They weren't. They played well. They got hot at the right time. Uh, things worked out for them. There was a bit of luck there. It, that's what you need to become a Super Bowl winning team unless you're a program like the Patriots. And it just kind of seems like a lot of that luck and a lot of that luster and a lot of that magic is just like evaporated. Uh, over the last three years covering this team. And, you know, I got here post-Super Bowl, so I came in with, with you know, with the sense of, hey, this team is going to have this new norm and they're going to play really well. And almost immediately you could tell this team was not as good as they claimed to be. 
they got lucky along the way at times again and and made the playoffs and moonwalked in the playoffs in a bad division and that's just what it was so look i think it's uncomfortable keeping either doug or carson but i'm not comfortable keeping both of them if that makes sense like I get the logic in keeping Carson. I get the logic in keeping Doug. I do not get the logic in keeping them together. Where do you stand on that? I think you can, and I think you can incorporate what you what you said. Like you keep both in salvageable. I think you just bring in bring in another offensive mind. You know, Grant, what was it? I think it was Grant, Graham Harrell would be a good name. I wouldn't mind if they can go ahead and reach out for that. I wouldn't mind seeing him. Um, Sarkeesian, if he's interested in coming. But that's the league. thing, though. Doug doesn't want to give up play calling. But I, I think that might be one of the things that they're talking about. I mean, he, he was but able to go ahead and point? help that. Well, I think you, you can be a CEO head coach and you still know sure. everything that's going around there, I think. And I think Doug can – I think Doug has done that. I think uh, personally, I just like looking at some of the way like the, the, the flow of the games and the way that the play call, you're almost got, starting to get the sense like when he has control – like at, look at when you look after the first fifteen plays are scripted, you you kind of get a flow like say, all right, Doug's pulling these plays. You kind you kind of get that sense, and you got kind of sense somebody else is taking over a little bit as well too, with just by the mix and the flow and everything else. I think if I even think I wonder as well too. I wonder if when they're having these conversations and they're going ahead and they're talking, he and Lori are talking, he and Howie are talking. I wonder if they had those conversations where we go, hey, you know what? I'll give up play calling. I'll still look at the play sheet and I'll re- put my recommendations, but I'll give the play calling to somebody else. And if they bring in a guy, I know I know a guy like Lincoln, Lincoln Rod won't come in unless he's a head coach probably, and I don't blame him because he's got a good gig at Oklahoma. But if you got somebody like along those lines that say, hey, you want to come in and go ahead and and use the offense that they have right now but bring their own concepts and, and some of their own ideas into that, I think I, I kind of get the feeling that Doug wouldn't, be completely averse to it and I think he'd actually be open to it especially if it means if he keeps his job too so I'd go that, and I think that that actually kind of and if that went that way I think you go ahead you solve you'll be able to keep Wentz you go ahead and have a new fresh start he hears another guy who has a, a guy who has had success with quarterbacks and then you go ahead and you still have Doug there who still is widely regarded among everybody else on that team and he still and he still be the head coach, and you basically solved all those all the problems that you had beforehand, and that offense could take off. So, I, especially with a especially with a training camp that's scheduled to happen now. So, I think all those things together, I, I'm more for the sense of bringing in a whole different new uh, an offense, a true offensive coordinator, and not having a passing game coordinator, a run game coordinator. Let's let's segment everything. Just having to say, hey, you know what? This is our offensive coordinator. He's going to be leading our offense. He's going to get things right. And then let everybody else fall into their normal, the more traditional roles and you go from there. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's plausible, but I, I just like they've constantly brought in all of these guys. Um, well, let's move on to the quarterback situation. So you, uh, I'm guessing that you are in favor of a Carson Wentz reclamation project. Oh yeah, I'm definitely I'm in favor of a reclamation project, and I'm definitely I want to give him the off season, and I want to see a quarterback competition because I want to see I want to see how these guys these guys are going to be under pressure no matter what they they been, they both have been through pressure when it comes to going ahead and competing in in, in leagues these last few years for wins and these last four games for hurts. I think both of these guys, if you go ahead and give them an off season, show us what you got, and I think a competition can only be a good thing can only be good for this team especially with going ahead what each person brings to the table and i hope 
I, I think I seriously think that Wentz has spent his time on the bench and he's sat there. I think he's observed her to see and sees how the players have taken to him, especially when it comes to the communication part. The biggest thing, because the biggest thing it seems like we hear whenever we, we, we hear we get on these Zoom calls with the players is while Jalen Hurts knows how to communicate with us, Jalen Hurts is a great communicator, he's a great orator. He goes ahead, he knows, motivates us. And I think that's kind of telling in a way because how many times do we really truly hear that about Wentz? And I think when you start to hear just hearing that, I think Wentz can kind of take some things from Hurts. I think Hurts can take some things from Wentz, and they both go from there. And then you let the best man win. And if it so happens to be uh, Wentz that wins or Hurts, you have a good back, young backup. They can go ahead and keep in case Wentz gets hurt. If Hurts goes ahead and and wins that competition out, you have to bite the bullet for a $34 million backup quarterback. And I'd rather have that than trying to go ahead and get like a potentially a second round or maybe a third round pick in this year's draft. And no telling if he get if Hurst gets hurt, and we know Sudfeld may not be back, and then no telling who's the quarterback's going to be with the, given the cap issues and will we they draft another quarterback in a six six round because you know it's a QB factory, so you never know. So that's where I go. Where, where are you going with this? I mean, look, I think that. This is a tough situation to figure out. It's Jeffrey Lurie's decision. Um, it's not Doug Peterson's. It's not Howie Roseman's. They can attest to what they think is is possible, but for them to, I, I agree. I think that I think if you keep Peterson, you're doing it with the idea that the relationship is either salvageable or you're running with Hurts. And I just don't know if Hertz has shown enough that you can say definitively this is the guy. I think I agree with you. Regardless of who is here, there should be a QB competition next year. Uh, there won't be a first round pick spent on a quarterback. But I do think that it, whether it's Jalen Hurts versus a veteran or Jalen Hurts versus Carson Wentz or what have you, there needs to be some competition here. The issue that I have is with Carson Wentz, if you're going to have that competition – and he fails, you've guaranteed him another $15 million in 2022 uh, by keeping him past the third day of the league year. That is a really tough pill to swallow. That said, you're not dealing with the same, you know, dead money hit, I believe, or at least effect, because the salary cap will be a lot in a lot better shape in 2022, etc. But I think if you're going to keep Howie Roseman and you're going to keep Doug Peterson, I think you need to see what they can do with another quarterback. I, I think we've seen what this trio has been able to accomplish together. They've had the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, and now it's time to kind of do something else. Uh, but if you're going to take somebody one of the other guys out of the equation maybe you can salvage it i i, I don't know I, I don't know really where i'm at yesterday uh was a bit of a setback for jalen hurts i was expecting him to struggle a little bit but it was against one of the worst defenses in the league and you know he looked like a rookie i also am not of the mind that you should trade jalen hurts because if you get trade him for anything less than a first rounder and change you're gonna look stupid for wasting this past year on all of this drama like they really need a sal- like a very good return for him if they're gonna deal him too and i just don't know how you keep doug peterson jalen hurts carson wentz howie roseman and everything on offense the same i don't think graham harrell's gonna want to come here to be you know undermined by doug peterson i just don't see it uh 
that's just where I'm coming from. You know, I think if they're going to do that, you look at a guy like Jim Caldwell who can really take a quarterback by the by the by the ears and really hone in on on improving him. That would be my my call. But yeah, I don't know. I'm like kind of up in the air with all this now that I'm really thinking about it. Caldwell's a good name too. I I, I think he would be a good. He has a good history with working quarterbacks as well too and he's he's well respected around the league as well too so yeah Caldwell is definitely a, a, a good name to keep in mind as well too but I have I have no qualms I just think they need that uh, Marty I'll say I'll, I'll, if I had to break it down I think Marty did a good job in making sure that Jalen Hurts got ready and got acclimated to the NFL game I think he did a great job with that Scangarella I don't think he had enough t- I don't think the injuries were I think the injuries hampered the way with the zone blocking, the zone scheme concepts that he had, and I think also that there was they didn't utilize the rollouts and and, and the type of plays that are come from that Gary Kubiak type of tree. I, I think they didn't in, in Gary Kubiak and Shanahan tree. I think there wasn't a they didn't utilize it as much, and it basically a fill in effect. I think it was kind of a He's been kind of a waste and not nice guy, but I think it's just his uh, his impact has just been like, eh, he, he was here. I think that's going to be the footnote for this season. And then press, I just is, press is the wild card. I, I I don't know if they've. I know they think. I mean, we talked about how highly they they think of him. I, I don't know if he. I, I'm personally, I'm a, a little questioning about is he ready to go ahead and become the full time offensive coordinator, especially given all the stuff that's happened this year. I know they've let him put call plays where he's been reportedly to go ahead and call plays. So it, it, it's, it's, I think a, 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 you need a full, a new, whole new outside voice. I'd keep Aaron Moorhead because I think he's doing okay with the receivers. And other than him and Press, who I think they think, like I said, think highly of, um, and Deuce too. I don't know. I can't definitely can't forgive Deuce Daly, but I, if I'm some, if I'm another organization, I'm hiring him out. And try to or offer him he, like he was almost lured away by the Bears to be an offensive coordinator. I think I, I, I wonder and I question myself, and this is not going off of any reporting or anything else. I just wonder if he's going after this season because somebody's going to offer him an offensive coordinator job like what happened last year. So I think they may, I just think they need to make some wholesale changes on this office on that offensive side of the ball, ball in the coaching staff area. All right. So speaking of that, let's. Let, what do you want to see? Let's quickly wrap this up. And what do you want to see during Week 17 to show that this front office, this coaching staff, everybody should be back. You know, a lot of the people should be back. What players should be back, et cetera. What do you want to see? I want to see guys. I want to see how some of these young guys improve. I mean, Quez Watkins, he's looked all right. I want to see a lot of the young guys playing in there. I think that's a given too. Given that there's nothing to play for, I want to see how well these guys have improve from when we first saw them in training camp all the way to where they're at now. I want to see, since we know Jalen Hurts is going to be the starter, I want to see how he does well bounce bouncing back after losing a big game like he did against the Cowboys. I want to see how he goes ahead and he reacclimates. And because there's going to be another week of tape that teams have out on him now, how is he going to go ahead and adjust? And I, specific, I especially want to see how he does coming out of halftime in, in, in this upcoming week. And I also want to see how much how much this whole entire team actually comes out and fights in this game because it's not often that we've seen lately the Eagles playing a, a, a last a last regular season game of the year where they're actually not starting their guys because normally we see them when they they're not starting their guys because they have stuff locked up we don't see it when they don't have anything to play for and their season's going to be over 
I want to see how much effort they put into this game, how well these young guys, especially the veterans, I want to see how much effort they put out there and how well they do in, in, in this stuff, in, in this game against Washington. I mean, where are you at? Um, I think my big thing is who's going to be active? Who's going to be playing? Are they really keeping their eyes in the future or are they just going through the motions? You know, I understand you want to get to Sean Jackson, now Sean Jeffrey out there when you had a shot, but are those guys going to be active this week? Uh, you know, what's the story with the offensive line? Are they going to continue to trot Matt Pryor out there and beat, put him in, in, put Jalen Hurts in harm's way? How are they going to adapt? How are they going to use this so-called free play? I guess you could say it. Um, and really use it to, to study the roster. Are they going to play spoiler? Are they going to try to win this game? What are they trying to do? What are they trying to get out of it? Because to me, uh, I'm playing the young guys and trying to figure out what's going on here and there. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind seeing that as well too. I mean, I I may start the Rudy calls and seeing if Matt Leo gets uh, called up to see him start <laughs> playing, just to see how like what he's doing. I mean, it's going to be his only game that he probably has a legit shot to play in anyway. So he's not going to play. That's <laughs> nah, worth a shot. I, I'll give her. I'll, I'll, come on, can't you can't you imagine? I mean, remember when we heard Jason Peters went into Doug Peterson's office and say, "Hey, you know what, Coach? I want to go ahead and play left tackle," and it was just all about that. I want to see Brandon Graham and I want to see Oostman and I want to see all the veterans in that one. Just line up one by one behind them, behind him. Peterson's office. Go, uh, take uh, Matt Leo can have my spot, coach. <laughs> Just something like that. I know he's not going to play, but stuff like guys like guys like that along those lines. Osman and all those guys. It would have been nice to see two he'll play, but we all know what happened there. But just see how far along they've they've progressed, and maybe our Sega Whiteside actually dresses. Who knows? Well, we'll have a preview i guess of this game coming up on thursday remember you can sign up for eagles extra on nj.com slash text you can download the no huddle show podcast wherever podcasts are available for chris i'm mike thanks for tuning in we'll talk to you soon